Design New Podcast, Episode 8. If you are looking for tips, tricks, and inspiration to keep your life on purpose, join us in my free Facebook community, Create the Life You Want, hashtag Design You, and surround yourself with other people choosing to live by design and not by default. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Clayton Justice. Clayton is a fitness professional of 15 plus years and the president of Men Who Care of Germantown. He believes that physical fitness is the basis for all other forms of excellence and humanity is at its best when we serve others and assist individuals to become the best version of themselves. Join me as I chat with Clayton about physical fitness as the basis of all other forms of excellence. Okay, so Clayton, thank you so much for joining me on the Design You podcast. How are you today? I am very fine, Tina, and uh, thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is truly mine. I think the pleasure might be mine because I know what gold you have to share. Tell me, what are you doing right now to design your best life? Well, I'm first, I believe that personal development is an ongoing endeavor. And so I really, through my works, which is a fitness professional, I'm the president of a nonprofit organization called Mm -hmm. Men Who Care of Germantown that is really just giving back to our local community. And so everything in terms of what I provide for others, whether it's health, whether it's mentoring, whether it's nutrition. It starts with me first, because I believe that to be an advocate, you have to be a product of the product. And so for the past better part of 15 plus years, I've been a fitness professional and it's been the most rewarding thing. It was like something that found me initially I mean, Mm -hmm. I have a sports background most of my life. I played sports. And so I was on the other side of training. In other words, I was being trained. And then someone came up to me and because I'm the type of person that I will be working at the gym, I seem knowledgeable. People will come and approach me and they will say, well, you know, I see you doing this exercise. Like what muscle group did that's work for? You know, I haven't really been getting any results and you look really good. Can you make Mm -hmm. some recommendations? And so I would just do that just being who I am, just someone who loves to exercise and spreading the gospel, if you will. And someone walked up to me one day and said, you know what? You would make a really good trainer. And at that seed that they planted, I became a trainer and it's afforded me a great lifestyle. It fits right into my mantra, which is I believe that we are, are at our very best when we're serving others. So it's a pleasure for me to get up at 5 a.m. every day, meet my first client at 6, and greet them with a smile and help them achieve a better lifestyle through health, wellness, and fitness. And my other hat as a president of Minucare of Germantown, which is a nonprofit grassroots organization, which essentially our mission statement is we vow to make a difference in the lives of Philadelphians through mentoring, through creating scholarships, initiative, and community outreach. And so that's another area of what I call my 
purpose. It's my why. It's why I get up every day and do what I do because I believe that true happiness can only be achieved when you are doing something for others. Because if you do something for yourself, that immediate thing that you acquire, whether it's a gift or whether it's a vacation, those are memories. I mean, even though memories can last a lifetime, but when you make a difference in someone's life and you see the emotion on their face, I'll give you a perfect example mm-hmm. quickly. So two years ago, our organization adopted five families, mm-hmm. kids and parents. And so we bought all the kids gifts, clothing mostly because we knew that they needed clothing. Sure. And we blindfolded them. We put them in a classroom. We put them in front of a desk. And we took their blindfolds off. All the while, we had a cameraman from a local camera from the local news station there to film it all. Mm-hmm. These kids took their blindfolds off. They were like in disbelief, like, what is this stuff? And we're like, it's for you. It's for you. These kids were so excited and so happy. They got the try on their clothes. And the parents thought that the program was like on the end. And mm-hmm. I said, listen, no Christmas dinner would not be complete without a home cooked meal. So we gave the parents $200 gift cards to the local uh, supermarket. Mm-hmm. It was such an emotional moment that no one in the room could contain themselves with a tear. And I left there, Tina, feeling so satisfied and mm-hmm. so good that I know that I made a difference in that person's lives, no kid's life. And they'll remember that forever and I'll never forget it. Yeah. And so for me, that's like where happiness dwells. And also happiness to me dwells with learning to have that sincere, true relationship with yourself through love, through respect, and serving yourself in a way that you know you should be in terms of living the type of life that you want, that you dream of, getting out of those comfort zones, breaking mm -hmm. those barriers down and striving to become your authentic self. So a lot of people don't do that. It's really difficult for us to do that. So how can we encourage people to get in touch with what their true self is and to take away the fear of doing that? Like, What are the rewards that we get if if we just take that first step? I think that we all are the same in that regard in some way, form, or fashion. I think that if you relate your personal story mm-hmm. and you let them know that you have fears, that you have self-negative talk, that you have self-doubt, and you took chances and you got outside of your comfort zone, and people look at you and they say, wow, she's just an ordinary person. She seems like someone who's so beyond me because you're so beyond what they believe that they can accomplish. And you become so relatable Mm -hmm. and they become so comfortable with you that you're just having a conversation Mm -hmm. that they end up talking about themselves. Mm -hmm. And in doing so, some of the things that they may have been hesitant to maybe share with a loved one or a close friend, sometimes you find it's easier to talk with a stranger because, you know, you can be vulnerable and somehow it's just like a natural comfort layer. And then when you create that safe zone for them, then they start to peel and peel and peel and they start to evolve. And then once that happens, then they can recognize like not so much that if she can do it, I can do it. Mm -hmm. That person did it. 
that means that it's achievable for everyone. It's just a matter of recognizing that you have to throw fear to the side and say, listen, I'm tired, sick and tired of feeling like this, being like this, and not thinking about it and getting into action and just doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, people like us just become a catalyst for other people to take what we've learned, so mm-hmm. to speak, sure. um, learn from our trials and tribulations, if you yep. will, and start to strive to become the type of person that you can look in the mirror and respect. Because I remember a time I looked in the mirror and I said to myself, you are not being true to yourself. Mm-hmm. You are not being true to yourself because I wasn't living up to my own ideals and my own beliefs. And when you can say that to yourself and get into action and change those things, that's when the love of self begins. Yeah. So when when we are not then, being authentic with ourselves, how can we, like, it, it takes a brave person to admit that you're not there, that you've gone off the track. Was it really obvious for you that that hadn't happened or was it something that came over time that you're like, oh, in time I've moved away from what it is and I need to pull myself back? I think that everyone has a level of, you know, keep ambition aside because Mm -hmm. that's a whole nother spectrum. But I think that everybody has a potential that they they know that they can reach, Mm -hmm. okay? Rather, it's a better job. Rather, it's being a nicer person. Rather, it's doing what you say you're going to do and (laughs) actually doing it. And so that accountability it's what takes you to the next level. So I think that if you're having those conversations with yourself already, okay, mm-hmm. and it's in your head, and I just think that sometimes it's, you know, that self-negative talk, yep. it's fear, it's self-doubt. Some of, the, some of the echoes may come from outside of your head for those who, you know, want to like keep you down because, you know, they're unhappy. I just think for me, what got me there was just recognizing I was capable of it and recognizing that I wasn't satisfied and recognizing that I was more than I was mm-hmm. and just began to take those systematic steps to becoming that. And more importantly, reading books, identifying with affirmations that made sense, that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I said, you know, personal development is, is, is a lifetime journey. Sure. It's a lifetime journey. And and so when you recognize that, to me, it's like it goes back to what I call my why and, you know, my pillars of being successful. And the first pillar is learning how to love thyself. The second pillar is being a purpose. And I think that that will lead into the third pillar, which will give you true happiness. And then the fifth pillar is just recognizing that health is the most important thing because let's face it, you can have the world at your feet, mm-hmm. but if you're in a bed sick and you can't move and you can't enjoy life, it means nothing. And so like health is kind of like, I call it my edge. Mm-hmm. And so when I became a personal trainer some 15 plus years ago, I stumbled across this manual maybe that was like put out by the Surgeon General. And in it was a quote by JFK Jr. Mm -hmm. And it resonates with me today 
And it has always resonated to me. And when someone asks me why I do what I do in terms of my fitness career, why I'm so passionate about it, why am I such an advocate, why do I even maintain my own health? People like look at me like, listen, you know, you're not playing sports anymore. Why are you keeping yourself in such great shape? Mm-hmm. It's truly my edge. And the quote that JFK gave in the Surgeon General's manual on fitness was physical fitness is the basis for all other forms of excellence. I'm going to repeat that again. Physical fitness is the basis for all other forms of excellence. So that's like an amazing foundation and platform Mm. to build everything else upon because physical health affects mental health. Yep. Physical health preserves your health. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to be a creator or innovator or someone who is even trying to help others. What do you want to need to do that? Lots of energy. Mm-hmm. And when you are healthy, sleeping right, eating right, then people are going to look at you and say, wow, not that I want to be like you, but I want some of what you got. You have the spark. You have the magic. What are you doing? How can I get a little of that in my life? Mm-hmm. Because I don't try to do like anybody. I just like mimic success. I like to take the little nuggets of what people do in terms of the practices that they, um, you know, incorporate into their lifestyle and say, wow, if that's working for them, mm-hmm. that could work for me. So to me, health purpose ties into happiness, fulfillment. And when you feel good, you can conquer pretty much anything. It's easier to dwell in that comfort zone. It's easier to like, you know, make yourself do something that you didn't think in your wildest dreams you were going to do. Nobody's going to do that if they're not feeling well. Absolutely. You know? But you work with professional sportsmen and I know that there's a way that you work with them. It's tailored for them and their fitness levels and what's coming up with them. Is that something that we can incorporate into our lives? Because we can't be going at it all the time. You know, part of being human is we need the rest. We need the highs and lows in in our health, like to help with us maintaining that balance. Can can you talk a little bit more about how we can implement the sort of uh, training that you do with professionals into our everyday life and our mindset and how, how we can move forward with that? Well, the difference between, let's say, a professional and a layperson mm-hmm. is the professional is training for an event. Mm-hmm. And so they're training their bodies to go out there and perform at an event at a, at a high level. And so we talk about in terms of, let's say, percentage of intensity of how hard you're working out. The mm-hmm. chances are professionals working out at 75 above intensity. So they're pretty much going all out at some point in their event. The yep. average person, it really, to me, is it's what I design is around their lifestyle and their goals. Rather, it's more energy, sleeping better, releasing weight. Okay. Those type of programs is really designed to maintain your health, increase your metabolism, yep. increase your energy. And if you have any aesthetic goals to have you achieve those as well. And so all of that is incorporated at the professional level, mm-hmm. but at a higher intense level. Because sure, you can get in shape to, to do a marathon. You can get in shape to go rock climbing. I have uh, clients who get in shape 
to go skiing during skiing season. So that's their event. And the training is very specific. But for the most part, what's really recommended is minimum two days a week, optimum three days a week of light to medium cardiovascular fitness training and strength and conditioning so that you keep your bones strong mostly and maintain a certain amount of muscle tone because uh, muscle tone or is like the most metabolically active tissue in your body. And so when you have muscle tone, your metabolism stays high. When metabolism stays high, then you burn more calories at rest as well as when you're exercising. And so as you age, people's lifestyle slows down. Then when that happens, your metabolism goes down. Then when that happens, what you normally would eat, you just can't burn off. And then that's when, you know, every year, every by year, you find out that you're gaining three to five pounds. So that's why it's really important to stay active. Sure. There was something that I just picked up in the words that you use when you talked about, most people would say losing weight. You talked about releasing weight. Now there's a difference in that. And I think that might come down to a bit of mindset work there. Can you explain that a little bit further? I just think it's, it's really a play on words, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And I just think that, you know, you don't lose weight because where does it go? Right. Yep. I think that releasing weight they means that you are just redefining how your body looks. Mm-hmm. And so basically what you're doing is you're releasing body fat composition because I have clients who lose inches. Mm-hmm. They tone up. They will weigh the same, but sure. they have more muscularity. They have more definitions. They have released body fat, but they've gained lean muscle mass. Mm-hmm. And so you actually can weigh the same, but look and measure as if you're 10 to 15 pounds lighter. Wow. Okay. No, I was going to say, and and I just think that sometimes people think like, for instance, you know, losing weight, it associates with diet. I always say anybody can lose weight, but can you, can you, can you keep it off? Mm-hmm. Okay. To me, when you're releasing weight, you are transforming it into something else. I'm going to release body fat and gain lean muscle mass. That's what you want to do. Sure. Otherwise, if you don't, then it's going to come right back. Yep. And that's a, that, again, comes down to our habit. But how easy is it once we've started to get into the habit? If, if our mindset's coming from the fact that health is the basis of everything and we adapt that, then that means we are going to put that first. Where do your other pillars then fit into that? Because you talk about the first pillar. What was your first pillar again? It was self-love. Self-love. So, so, so health, you're taking care of yourself, right? Yep, absolutely. So if you are taking care of yourself and you feel good and you look good, you're going to reward yourself with that. That's a way of physically loving yourself. Mm-hmm. How does that tie into purpose? It gives you the fortification and the energy to go out and serve your purpose. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have the energy, then you can't go out there and be of service. If you are, you're not going to be you're not going to be able to have the perseverance because you and I know that certain things just don't happen easy. You know, <laughs> um, you know, being in shape allows me to go to a middle school and actually participate in an activity with kids. Nice. I could not do that if I wasn't exercising and keeping myself fit. Yeah. Or going on you know, a community walk or, you know, participating in a charitable bike ride or something like that. 
Mm-hmm. And so, so in it all ties of, into that as well. Yeah, for sure. So when you're giving back to the community, what are you learning about people as you're doing that? As what is it that we all need? That is, um, do you see a common thread between what people need beyond the four pillars? What What are you seeing as a theme, if any? Believe it or not, it goes in with my my mantra. I might have mentioned this, but I'll mention it again. I believe that we are at our best when we're serving others. Mm-hmm. It, I learn more about me than about them. I learn more about humanity. I learn more about it just being the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You know, because there are always going to be people that are going to need resources. And it's more than just dropping off a box of goods at somebody's door. They'll appreciate that. But if you are there to present it to them mm-hmm. in a humane way mm-hmm. and let them know that you're there for them and that you care about them, then that charity will be reciprocated. Mm-hmm. By them to someone else. Yeah. And then that renews their spirit. It lifts their spirit. So maybe that they will challenge themselves to uplift their own state of being to become more than they are. Mm-hmm. And for me, it just reminds me of how fortunate and grateful I am that I'm in a position to even help someone. And so it just renews my spirit. It makes me accountable of who I'm supposed to be mm-hmm. because I believe that we are at our very best and we're serving others. I have to be of service. If I'm going to say that, I have to be a product of the product. For sure. And I do it because it renews my spirit. It makes me happy. And I know that I'm making a difference in someone's lives. Mm-hmm. And that's going to just go out in the universe and it's just going to come back. And I firmly believe that also that's how you get your blessings in life. Nice, nice. So your whole life is really about transformation because you're transforming people's health, you're transforming their mindset, but you're also transforming in being able to give back, you're transforming people's actual physical lives and what's available to them as well to help them moving forward. So transformation is what I'm seeing is a big part of who you are. Is that an important part of your... Um, I would say that it is, it is. I kind of, I mean, I think that everybody evolves. Mm-hmm. And and I think that if you kind of like, again, and I go back to my beliefs, and, and, and if you realize that what really gives you an opportunity to have the life that you want, purpose, right? Yep. So if that purpose manifests itself in a transformation, then that's a win-win, mm-hmm. okay? If it's staying fit, Myself first and being that model of fitness mm-hmm. and teaching others how to become fit and someone releases weight or someone's become healthier or someone, you know, gets on the right path and they incorporate it into their lifestyle and recognize it's not a pick it up and put it down thing that it's something that they value. Yep. And if it transforms their life, then it happens organically. I'm not doing it on purpose. I just know the benefits of these things. And so what happens because of it is it's just organic. It's not like I'm like giving someone some secret formula. It's a recipe that can be duplicated over and over and over again. And so I'm not so unique in that regard, I feel. I think what I'm unique in that 
I believe in it, it works in my life and I help people value it as well. Sure. So if you're looking forward 50 years, what would your life be looking like then, do you think? What would you like it to be? I don't, I still, (laughs) I still hope that I'm healthy. Yep. I still hope that I still have my purpose. I, I know that I will still have my purpose. And I think that I will be still touching people's lives. And I still think that I will be still on my journey of personal, you know, development, because I think that there's another level to it. I mean, everybody evolves, everything changes. I just can't be satisfied with like, oh, okay, I'm exercising. I have my purpose. I'm helping people. Um, people are, you know, transforming and, and, and that's it. I think that there's a next level to everything. Mm-hmm. And I think that maybe probably in 50 years, I would like to look back at a legacy and say that I walk the talk, mm. that I led by example. And I help people create a belief system that works magic in their lives. That's real. It's, it's something that you can feel, something that you can taste something that that's evidence-based. So when you look around and you can say, wow, you know, mm-hmm. I did this and this happened. I want that kind of magic. That sounds awesome. Hey, I'll give it to you. It, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's to me, it's, just, I'll use this word. Mm-hmm. Lifestyle is loosely spoken, but not easily created because mm-hmm. it takes work. It takes sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know, to be able to change your lifestyle, because really, that's the essence of mindset, because mm-hmm. that's more of a psychological, emotional transformation than anything. Being able to accept the changes that you want to do mm-hmm. and creating the life, the mindset that makes it sustainable. So is that again coming that's back to our know, purpose? Yes. It's coming back to purpose, but it also is coming back to, I believe, self-love. Mm-hmm. Because you've been there when you said you were going to do something and you beat yourself up. Okay. Mm-hmm. And some people live that every single day. They're living a life, going to a job that they hate, being in a relationship that they hate, not having anything that's fulfilling, and just kind of like living, I mean, existing and not living. Mm. And that's a very dismal state of being, you know? Sure. And so just imagine what it would take to like start with one seed, germinate and cultivate that and have that plant grow into a lifestyle that's vindictive of your authentic self. Because mm. getting out of relationships is not easy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Getting rid of negative self-talk is not easy. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that I would rather be unemployed than employed to go another day at this job and deal with this boss or work in this cubicle is very, I mean, that's probably the most courageous thing. I've done it. I know that you've done it yep. to just say, you know what? I know that I can make a life on my own, yep. be my own boss and love it. Absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And still be able to make a living that affords your lifestyle, depending yeah. upon what that is. And so I just think that 
one of the things that the moment, that the universe provides is momentum. Mm-hmm. And once you can create that momentum, create that domino effect, it's easy once you do the one thing, then the other starts. And before you know it, everything starts to fall into place. And that's kind of what happened for me. Okay. And so I can't keep this to myself. Part of my purpose is to share it with others. Yeah. So the universe in helping us with that momentum is asking us to take that first step, though, to be brave enough to do that. Is that, is that what I'm hearing? Totally. Yeah. Totally. You know why? Because if we won't, if we don't, others won't. Because once you recognize that you have that calling, you got to serve. Yeah. You got to serve because you have to lead others. I mean, we would not be having this conversation if we did not feel the exact same way. Yeah. Because everything that I do, there's a monetary reward, but my spiritual rewards are, un- are they are invaluable. They are yes. invaluable. Yeah. You know, you could not pay enough money to feel the way I feel when I walk up to a kid and I put a brand new warm coat on his body. Wow. Or give a mother enough groceries to feed her family for a week. Mm. Or watch your mother's face when their son or daughter are awarded a scholarship to college to help pay for ancillary expenses so they don't have to call home and say, Mom, I need money for books. Mom, I need toiletries. Mom, you know, I need a new... I mean, they the look on their faces... When that happens, it's it's like it's it's something that overwhelms you, but at mm. the same time, it's bliss. That's the only way that I can describe it. It is true bliss. And the energy that you get reminds you why you do what you do. Yeah. And that's just amazing. So I feel very lucky and fortunate that I have gotten to this point in my life where I recognize what's really important, not so much for me. But the work that I do for others, that's the most important thing. Yeah, nice. So if you want to leave a a message with the Design New community about how they can design their best life, what would that be? I would say design the life that you know you're capable of being. Don't be afraid because all the magic happens in the uncomfortable zone. Mm. All of it. Mm-hmm. When you step outside of your comfort zone, that's when all the magic happens. That's when momentum, ha- momentum happens. And that's when you see yourself for the first time. Wow. We were born naked, right? True. That's how raw we have to be to yeah. evolve. We have to be that raw, that vulnerable. And if you can do that, things will just start showing up at your door. So that's my message. Be bold, be brave, take risk, create your own momentum, get outside your comfort zone and watch the magic happen. Thank you. Very wise. Thank you so much. Thank I really you. appreciate all this time that you've spent today. You've got so much wisdom amongst all that you've learned over a lifetime so far. And as you said, you're always evolving. So I can't wait to see what other wisdom comes. Um, thank you so much, Clayton. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. It's been an honor. I'm just, I'm just being of service. I feel like I have to do this for myself first, <laughs> but to help others 
explore themselves. And it won't happen if people like you and I don't step out and have these conversations that are going to help people come out of the shadows and into the sunlight. Mm. Well, thank you. Thanks for helping us to get out of the shadows. Thank you so much. Are you ready to create the life you want? Pop over to tinamurray.com to grab your free copy of the Design You Cheat Sheet and start creating the life you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it. 